We're back to the Total Celebrity Show on the Total Radio Network. Again, totaltutor.net for more information. Twitter, Total Tutor, Neil S. Haley, Facebook, LinkedIn, Neil Haley, Instagram, Total Tutor, Pinterest, Neil Haley, and also Google Plus, Neil Haley. And I'm so for excited on the Celebrity Show. First, to welcome my co-host, writer, talk show host extraordinaire, Blake Robinson. Blake, how are you, man? Terrific, Neil. It's a pleasure to be here. And really looking forward to speaking with Quentin Aaron. Oh yeah, and then that's that's the, that, there goes the spoil alert, Blake. But yes, I am so excited to welcome <laughs> the program. And, and when I when I think about uh, a story like this, I love backstories. I love hearing about people that are truly making a difference with children, and also had a very difficult time and challenges to make it and be a successful actor and everything. So I want to welcome the program. He played Michael Orr from The Blind Side. It was an Oscar-nominated film. Everyone remembers uh, him playing Michael Orr, The Blind Side, uh, with uh, Sandra Bullock. So I want to welcome the program celebrity Quentin Aaron. Quentin, how are you, man? And uh, I'm excited to have the chance to talk to you today. I'm awesome. I'm awesome. How are you? Good. I'm I'm doing fantastic, and I think that the first thing that you could say to yourself is you never thought you'd be in this position right now, speaking about your foundation and all the tremendous things you're doing in your life right now compared to where you were before you got this role in The Blind Side. Isn't that correct? Oh, yeah, definitely. It's definitely been a blessing uh, the past few years, and I mean, yeah, if you asked me back then, and I must have doing that. I probably would have said no, but I feel like my mom would have said yeah, because she always she was the type of person that always you know thought positive and always you know believed in you know saying that you already achieved what you want in life. That way you spoke it into existence. <laughs> you know. <laughs> Exactly, and you're That's definitely cool. a definitely a humbling person, for sure, Blake. And and I don't know if you know about about the backside story, Blake, but he pretty much was rock bottom, struggling to make it, uh, and and he got this opportunity with the Blind Side, so he really didn't have a lot of acting experience, Blake. I read that uh, while you were auditioning for the Blind Side, you made a short list of of uh, potential actors for the main role, and because you thought you were a long shot, you approached the director about working security for the film, which was another uh, source of income that you had at the time. Was that something that, uh, how did that come about? Well, um, when, I, when I went into the meeting with the director, I brought some of my cards with me because I was doing uh, freelance theory at the time, and I was also working on uh, TV sets and movie sets doing security. So I was like, you know, I'm, I, growing up, I was never really used to great things happening. And, you know, while it was cool that I flew out to Cali to meet the director, I still felt like it was a wonderful million opportunity, you know, for me to get this movie. I was like, uh, not that lucky. <laughs> you know, so I, I really didn't see myself getting that part. So I was like, I was still you know, either way. I was, you know, it's my way of networking. You know, I could be on the set, meet people, and possibly get up the connections. I was still as a worker. Possibly one day, somebody will hire me in their film. So I, I get on business cards, and, you know, told them I'll, I'll come on set and do security if need be, and, you know, I'll protect whoever he wants to. <laughs> you know, it was, it was that. That was the rest of the 
And it's amazing, Quentin, because of where you were. And I want you to describe that uh, place you were at before this opportunity happened. Because uh, in a lot of ways, you probably thought that just because of what was going on in your life and what things weren't ultimately going your way at that time. You were working security, but you were struggling. And tell us a little about how much you were struggling before you got this opportunity. Well, um, the months leading up to the call was, uh, they were some of the hardest months of my life. I had recently lost my mom four months before. Um, she passed, oh, she passed away in September of 08. Um, and once she passed, you know, her social security tax cut off. So I no longer had the income to pay the rent. And uh, me and my brother was living under the same roof at the time. Um, the little bit of money I made from security was only, you know, barely able to still feed us. Uh, but then jobs dried up, so there was no, you know, there was no work for a while. Uh, with the check stopping, um, unfortunately, couldn't pay other people, so we lost the lights, we lost uh, water. And I would have to walk uh, like three miles every day to go get food from my aunt to bring that stove for me and my brother to eat. This was during the winter. And uh, so, yeah, we were living for like several months in the house with no uh, lights and water. We would go to my aunt's house to shower and oh, wow. and, eat, and then go back home. But it dark to go to sleep. And then, you know, so it was, that was how we were living for a while. And then... I was constantly going back and forth to court to try and prolong our stay in the apartment as long as possible because we hadn't paid the rent for months. So we were uh, trying to be forced out. When we were we were being forced out uh, by the shoe. And, uh, you know, so there's that whole battle. And then one day I finally got a job doing security for a, a commercial at Philip Studios. And... On the last day of that commercial shoot, um, I got a call from my manager out of the blue. And when I answered the phone, like, not, not even thinking, she uh, she said, Quentin, guess what? And I said, the blind side. I just had in one year and three months but since I heard anything from anybody with that movie. Oh, wow. Because the movie got, it, it had to get put on hold, uh, they got on hold for a while, and uh, there was like the whole work strike thing, and uh, I guess there was some whole thing between uh, Fox Searchlight and Warner Brothers, you know, some back and forth there. So I hadn't heard anything over a year, but when she called <laughs> and said, well, guess what? The blind side popped out of my mouth, and she said, "How did you know?" And I, I was like, "I was in so much stress off the phone, and uh, I think I almost broke my phone." <laughs> I was like, "Oh shit!" Picked it up, <laughs> and she was like, "Yes, they, they're they're going to do the movie. They're still going to do the movie. They want to know if you still want to play the lead." And I'm like, uh, "Yes." Um, you didn't have to ask me that. <laughs> but, yeah. like, <laughs> You know, and so that was that was just that was where I was at before the call. When the call came, everything changed. 
Wow. Blake, isn't that an amazing story? Because uh, it kind of really, it seems like Michael's story in a lot of ways. <laughs> it's just a little different. I was thinking the same thing. I was thinking the same thing. I was going to ask whether your experience, basically at rock bottom, no money to pay for food, no money to pay for electricity, uh, gave you insight into playing this role of Michael Orr, which where he came from a similar place. Yeah, definitely. And um, the struggles, oh, even though it was different situations, the struggles were the same, and to some extent. So it was just somewhat easy for me to channel my emotions through what I went through and to relate it to the character of Michael Ward to kind of get that, you know, that feel what they were looking for. And that's what the director wanted me to do because I hadn't met Michael prior to filming. I only met Michael uh, for the first time really last year in uh, Chicago. We did an autograph study back in April. So you basically had to look at the story, basically, Quentin, and say to yourself, okay, based on the script and not really know who the person Michael Orr was. You just learned it through the story. And uh, and a lot of the things you guys both were at rock bottom, really had low self-esteem at a certain point. You even mentioned this. Your mom knew you'd make it, Quentin, but... You didn't think you'd make it. You definitely didn't think you'd be talking about a foundation now. But looking at Michael Orr's background and what Michael uh, went through, where basically he didn't even want to think about playing football. He was quiet. He really was just happy just to uh, have a meal and have people who loved him. And pretty much the same type of thing. So you could really think about, especially when tears came, you were going through some of those hard times with tears, especially leading up to the film, right? Yeah, definitely. Yeah, it was, uh, everything, everything before the film was, you know, it was crazy. It was terrible. And I, a lot of times I feel like, uh, the only thing that kept me going was the fact that I had a young brother to look after. Yes. So she was really my main reason. I probably, I, I, I'll tell you the truth, I probably would have been in jail. <laughs> and so I didn't have a younger brother to look after. Because it was like a, a big situation with um, the landlord of my building, the same of my past, and it was it really had to be doing you know some type of way, and I was looking for him. You know, I was looking for him, and you know, I had find him. But <laughs> yes. it was. That's the story for another time. <laughs> uh, absolutely. And and, yeah, and, and uh, it's especially what you can talk to youth about and different things like that, uh, Blake. And and what we're, we're, we're learning from Quentin is the story, the backstory before the film and all. Then the life changes, Blake. And what I like about listening to Quentin talking to him is how his humility, Blake, you could just hear. He just mm -hmm. is still very grounded in many things, Blake, he really sees but, truly what he's uh, trying to do for people. I appreciate the same thing. It seems that uh, even after and you know a breakout hit and blindside, you managed to level head about how things uh, about your own success and how things have progressed. I would imagine that your experience going through a really terrible situation helped you realize that success comes and goes, but what really matters is who you are, 
their values and uh, things like that. So that probably helps to uh, reduce the sort of problems that can come with quick fame, I would imagine. Yeah, it does. It does. You know, it's like the last year, if you're, you spent 24 years of your life being raised as some person, uh, a little bit of notoriety, fame, and money shouldn't be able to change that overnight to into a completely different person. You know, I I believe in what I was told growing up. I believe in the values I was taught. And I like the person that I am. So I, the way I see it is that, you know, um, if I do make any changes to my character, it'll be to adapt to my environment, but it won't completely change me from being the person that I am growing up. You know, I, I don't believe in big egos or, you know, uh, how you say, um, I, don't, I don't believe in being a, an, an a-hole, you know, just because, you know, my status may have gone from zero to 60 or zero to 100 or whatever. You know, I, I, I don't abuse my authority. You know, I still I recognize that there's so many people into positions where I used to be yes. that may have dreams to be where I am. And for that reason alone, I feel like showing them, you know, how I did what I did and why I stayed grounded and, you know, what I went through and, and that they keep you out of You know, yes. if we don't use those platforms that are given to us for those reasons, then I feel it's selfish of us because no one will ever have any kind of roadmap on how to make it, you know, to to their dream or to their career or to be what they want to be. Absolutely. And I think, Quentin, from that, that's why you started your foundation. You look at specifically, uh, and we'll talk about the story of why you created the Quentin, started the Quentin Aaron Foundation. But I think that what you are always looking to do is to pay it forward for what happened to you. You want to be able to help others get the opportunity. But why, I guess, the, the whole mission, mission of the Quentin Aaron Foundation, where did that come from? Well, a couple of years ago, I met um, David Tyler, who was the executive director of my foundation. And I was in Tampa at the time doing an event, and I was speaking to other children at the school. And David had approached me uh, before I left and asked me if I ever thought of starting my foundation. And at the moment, he said that. I was like, no, I haven't, but that would be cool. You know, to have my own because I literally since the movie came out, uh, I and I moved to California. I've been doing uh, majority charity most of the time, like eighty percent of the time. I've been speaking on behalf of certain foundations. I've been uh, going to school, speaking to kids. I've been spoken at a doctor's conference in Chicago one time. Oh. I, I forgot how I got changed about, <laughs> but you know and. So when he asked me that, the follow-up question was, if you did start a foundation, what would it be about? And the main thing that popped in my head was bullying and obesity. And it was mainly because growing up, those were the two things I thought were. I was bullied a lot. I was chased home. I was beat up. 
Uh, I even got beat up by a girl one time. <laughs> you know, and it was uh, it was um, not fun when it happened. <laughs> you know, it was never fun getting beat up by anybody, yelling on a girl in front of the whole entire class. But um, you know, it's, I, you know, looking back now, I can laugh at those things. And you know, I had a mom who was amazing at you know telling me the right things and, and raising me the right way. So I knew how to deal with, to deal with certain situations, but I realized that in today's society, there's so many people, there's so many kids who don't know how to deal with those right. things. Yes. Um, who, who, you know, their feelings are, you know, everything. And because of it, it's, it's a lot of kids that are taking their own lives on the account of, uh, how they're being treated and uh, the lack of love they're feeling. Oh, it's... And I just wanted to do something about, you know, changing those, you know, frowns upside down, you know, because of what I said. Bullying speaks as an educator, Quentin. Bullying speaks to me so much, especially I have five kids of my own, Quentin, and my oldest has gone through being bullied at her school. And this is a Catholic school, and it's a very, very hurtful thing for a parent to deal with this pain, Blake, and to deal with this on a daily basis and tell them it's going to be okay. And and, and it's a process, and we need to figure out ways, Blake, to, to eliminate bullying in schools. And, and, and Michael's, try, I mean, and Quentin's trying to do that in so many ways. I can imagine how difficult that can be as a parent and as a person being bullied. Uh, it really is amazing to me that bullying has grown so much, it seems, at least in the news lately, it really seems to be an issue. Um, is it something that's prevalent in all schools, or are some schools uh, pretty immune from this sort of thing? Is it more prevalent in, let's say, you know, tougher neighborhoods, or does it also happen in more well-to-do neighborhoods? What is I your... feel like it happens everywhere. Yes, it does. You know, it, it's... Everywhere I've gone, I've met someone that can relate to bullying sometimes becomes such an epidemic and and it's only evolved over the years because when I was in school there was no such thing as cyberbullying. It was all in your face and now it's it was all social media and how it's advanced. Um, there's you know, cyberbullying, there's Instagram and Twitter battles. Yes, yes. There's it's terrible. Uh, posting posting stuff on Facebook about people that now not only the kids in school can see it and laugh about it, but when you go back home, your friends around the neighborhood also see what people are saying about you. Or you know, it's it's like it's a wider audience of people that can see what's being said about you that you may find the most embarrassing thing in the world, yes. and that has got to stop. And I think. The message that I try to give when I when I speak to these schools and places like Fresno, we do like two events most of the time. One during the school day where we speak to the kids, and then another one in the evening so that the parents can come back. Because you know, I say you take the village to raise a kid. Mm-hmm. Yes, I feel like it also takes a village to help stop this issue. Because you can't depend on kids to stop themselves; they have to be forced to stop. Yes. You know, it's like when you're raising them and you're inflicting that obedience, you know, you're trying to get them to do good, 
seems to have to also be involved in their everyday day-to-day lives. You can't just go to work, come home and say, how was your day? And expect you to tell the truth because they're not going to tell you They're not going to tell you the truth, Quentin, and that's just such a, a hard thing to deal with, and you're doing tremendous things there. Now, give us an update on especially the golf tournament coming up, the celebrity golf tournament, and some of the people that are going to be at your golf tournament. And I can't believe you, you're probably saying, wow, a celebrity golf tournament that I'm running and to help stop this, uh, some of those issues and stuff. So tell us specifically what's happening there. Well, yeah, definitely. And, um, you know, I, I understand, like, a, a charity golf tournament, what does golf have to do with bullying? Um, honestly, right off the end, I would say the tournament is a way of me reading up to people from different fields that, uh, you know, can help us get this uh, foundation of ground. Like, for the most part, a lot of people that start foundations are rich. They have money already backing it. Right. Uh, I'm nowhere near rich. <laughs> I'm a uh, actor who's still trying to make this, you know, putting it in Hollywood, but I'm also at the same time trying to use my free time to do good things. And while I don't have all the money in the world yet, I believe that there's people in all walks of life that support this cause and the reason why I decided to put on a golf tournament um, is because I've, over the past four years, I've played in about a dozen. Um, my game still isn't all that good, but I, I find the game interesting, and I, and I see how many people like it. And you know, I've you know grown accustomed to hanging out with golfers and riding around on the carts and having fun, and, <laughs> and just, you know, just you know, seeing what good to come from getting a bunch of together like the swing sticks and right checks. So <laughs> we're trying to really, you know, pull that together and hopefully help get this foundation off the ground so that we can raise the funds to travel to these schools, um, you know, to get what we need as far as uh, transportation and say to go and take the kids and put on events and, you know, um, create programs for these kids and then speak to parents and uh, put together packages that we can get to help them with trying to end this. And, you know, I'm, I'm a very hands-on guy. So instead of, like, you know, um, saying one place and creating a commercial and just putting that out there and hoping that that does the job, I'm that guy that's going to travel to your different cities I'll sit down with you in your living room and talk it out. I'm the guy that's going to come to your school and visit you one-on-one or stand up and close and personal and talk with you. That's great. Trying to get this because I want people to know that I care and I'm not just doing this for me. That that's so awesome. That that's yeah, most definitely Quentin. So what uh, celebrities are going to be uh, at your golf tournament? I saw the list. I thought Dikembe Mutombo is going to be there. Who else? Um. We had Dead Glover, uh, Charles Barkley. Uh, I invited some of my friends, uh, the Massey brothers, Cal and Chris Mack, um, Disney kids. They are, well, you know, everyone knows Cal for that. So Raven, he was Raven's little brother. The little was just, yeah. No, Raven's little brother, sorry. And uh, Corey in the house, you guys doing our Disney Channel forever. Um, me and Cal did a movie last year. 
uh, which hasn't released yet. You know, it's just been real cool ever since. Um, we are also a part of another foundation, which I've invited some people from the Um Well, they're Play Aiken, wow. uh, former American yeah. Idol runner-up. Yeah, he's going to be there. I'm um, excited to meet him. Um, I invited a lot of my friends. Hopefully, some of them show up if they're not, you know, um, <laughs> too busy. You know, I understand a lot of people right now on a yeah. lot of different projects, but... You have an awesome you know, tournament, Quentin. Come on. The, the people you've just named, <laughs> you have an awesome golf tournament, to say the least, for sure. When is this taking place? And uh, are... <laughs> It's actually taking place on my 30th birthday, um, August 15th, in Atlanta, Georgia. Awesome. So it's going to be cool. It's a huge day for me, good weekend for me. I'll be uh, leaving my 20s, departing from my 20s into the 30s. Which, according to Daisy, thirty is the new twenty. So I guess I'll still be starting over the twenties again. You're in great, you're in great shape for sure, Quentin. And so, where can we find information on your celebrity golf tournament and also some of your latest projects? Where can we go? Oh man, um, you can find information on the, the tournament on my website www.quentinaren.org, and I'll just wear information on me and what I'm up to lately. I am all over social media, like Twitter, Facebook, Instagram. My Twitter is just at Quentin Aaron. You can also find me on Instagram at the same, the same, you type the same name in. My Instagram will come up. Uh, and my Facebook as well. I am uh, currently producing them, but I'm currently casting a movie that I'm going to be starring in. Uh, in um, Wisconsin, the end of September, called Halfway. All so right. This was a little bit that he would great. You know, uh, you're gonna see me trying to farm uh, a farmer. I'm an ex-con who uh, lives on my probation on farm in an all-white town where I'm the only black guy. <laughs> and oh, and it's gonna be interesting me trying to. Uh, learn how to milk cows and running from animals and a lot of different stuff. So it's going to be some comedy to it, but hard to it. It's a drama. And uh, so it, it's, it's one of those good, you know, indie stories that when you see it, you're like, well, I'm, I'm glad I'm okay. <laughs> Well, well, awesome! Fantastic, Quentin, and and, and we aren't you're impressed, Blake, aren't you, by uh, Quentin and uh, how well he's doing and how he's really trying to help others. What a great job, isn't he doing, Blake? That is a wonderful thing to see. That with the extra time which you have, which I'm sure is minimal given your heavy schedule and the upcoming movies, that you use it to work on these issues which really place you during your youth and which are huge these days, at least to be and bullying is something that I wish more people would spend their extra time working on something that is close to their heart, and I'm sure it really is rewarding on your end as well. Well, th- well thanks thanks again for being on the program, Quentin. We'll uh, stay in touch, and best of luck, and everyone needs to go to your website to check out everything, and thanks again for calling, man. Awesome. Thank you. All right, take care, Quentin. See you later. Okay. okay. Bye-bye. Bye. All right, cool. Bye-bye. You're listening to Total Celebrity Show on the Toll Education Network, and we'll be back in just a moment.